What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender, Adam Ronis. We're here, courtesy of Fantasy Alarm, here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Adam, the the the, the dust is settled now on the greatest Monday Night Football game ever, uh, and it is time to put Week 14 into what our uh, our memory banks. We're done with it. We move on is now week 15 and i'm sure that some people have some waiver claims to make and uh you know maybe not even just on tuesday but you know obviously watching the news throughout the week and being active on the waiver wire is a must so i'm sure we got some names for people not just to pick up uh you know immediately but to kind of keep an eye out for huh yeah, no doubt about it. And I know sometimes people will be like, well, if you made it this far and it's the semifinals, your lineup could be set and you don't need to make adjustments. But you should always be looking to improve your team. And maybe some of these players are not automatically going into your lineup. In other instances, they might. You know, we see teams that just get in and maybe they patch things together and they made a run late and they have a lot of injuries and they still have some holes and maybe some of these players can help. Uh, there, it's it's not great, but there are some players that that could have an impact. And as you alluded to, you know, I, there's news that always filters out Tuesday and Wednesday of injuries that we didn't know about. There's a lot of players we know that are banged up and we don't know their status. But I can tell you when they start coming to the facility on Wednesday, we're going to find out guys that are a little banged up that we had no idea about on Sunday. Yeah, always happens, always happens. So. Um, yeah, you got to stay alert. And listen, you know what? I mean, even me, I, in both the GST League and the Kings Classic, I'm streaming QBs, right? I mean, that's, you know, it, it, it's not something I, I really planned on doing, but, you know, so be it. That's the way it goes. And, you know, it's like uh, in GST, I've got, you know, Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield um, going back and forth. I can't pick anybody up in that league, but in the Kings Classic, I can. And I'm in that very similar boat there because I've got, uh, you know, I've I've got Daniel Jones who I started this past week. I got Jalen Hurts. I got Baker Mayfield again. Baker you played Daniel Jones and won. What's that? You played Daniel Jones and won. Yeah, I believe that wow. man. Holy! Not crap. only did I win, but I beat Brad Evans too. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, uh, Daniel Jones, one of my big misses of the year, man. I really thought he was going to have a good season. I thought he was too. I, you know, and and you know, and, and working in supposedly in in his favor was that, you know, the defense sucks, so he's gonna have to throw. Complete opposite, just, right? It's funny how that works sometimes, right? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, Buffalo's a similar instance where we were like, oh, they want to run the football. They're gonna be primarily a running team. Their defense is good. Complete opposite. They're a pass heavy team, going a lot of three and four wide receiver sets. So. Uh, the early you can see that and make the adjustments, the better off you are. But sometimes we think things are going to happen and they just don't, which is why another example of why you, you can't draft looking at weeks 14, 15, 16, because you would have said, oh, Giants defense, week 15, great matchup. Giants defense has played very well this year. So just the little lessons that we are going to sprinkle in throughout these podcasts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just a little, you know, just a little for a little flavor here for you guys. A little, little dash of sugar right there. Just sprinkling it with my fingers into the <laughs> podcast stew. <laughs> I just got a dash of sugar from Adam Ronas. That's uh, and I'm that's no the cook, million dollar t shirt right there. Do you cook at all? 
Uh, every once in a while. Okay. So we're, we're not cooks. They'll take, they'll take uh, cooking advice from us. Wrong show. <laughs> we'll teach you how Wait, to eat. What are you talking about, dude? A dash of sugar? How could that go wrong? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, you know, did you, did you see the movie Elf with Will Ferrell? I don't think I saw Elf, no. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Is it that oh. good? It's, it's like hysterical. Will it's okay. just classic is it on netflix i'll look for the, that the four food groups are, are my absolute favorite but i'm going to save that for you i don't okay. want to give you a little spoiler alert right, there go watch help jeez louise um all right so uh so let's talk some qbs who might be available um to stream in here now you know obviously i said baker mayfield is definitely somebody there jalen hurts uh is a possibility as well what about guys like like could could you see that Jared Goff might be sitting out there available on a waiver wire just eking to play the Jets this week? Uh, I I don't think I can play Jared Goff against the Jets. Really? Well, oh, you know what? I take that back because you could pass on them. So yeah, you can. The risk is the blowout. I think they're favored by seventeen. Uh, but the one thing that we have said repeatedly you beat the jets via the pass they're solid against the run and they're not like this impenetrable defense but the way you beat the jets especially with that secondary is via the pass and with woods and cooper cup so yeah uh goff certainly is startable this week you do worry about the blowout though but then again russell wilson didn't play the fourth quarter and had four passing touchdowns slightly over 200 yards we don't care about the yards we want the touchdowns so yeah, I think Goff is definitely in play. But he's yeah. pro- I think he's rostered in most leagues, don't you think? Um, I mean, You know, if you're looking at a shallow league, you're looking at a 10-teamer, single quarterback. Yeah, he could be out there. You're right. I can see him leagues. out there. Yeah. All right, well, what about, you know, guys like Hurts against Arizona, Baker against the Giants, uh, Drew Locke going up against Buffalo, uh, Trubisky's taking on the, the Vikings. Um, or how about this one here? Well, we're, we're getting you know, word that Kyle Shanahan has not committed to Nick Mullins being his starter. It could be CJ Beathard, you know, as, as annoying as San Francisco can be for the running back situation. Um, you know, there's, there's Ayuk. there's, there's uh well, there's really not Debo Samuel anymore because he might be out for the season. Um, would you go with, you know, just for that, that stupid soft matchup, would you consider either Beathard or Mullins against Dallas? No, not in a playoff week. I think the other guys are better. Uh, Rivers certainly in play against Houston. They've fallen apart. They haven't been good all year. And Rivers just faced them a couple weeks ago at 285 and two touchdowns. So, yeah, that's a solid play. Uh, definitely Jalen Hurts. I don't think we can expect him to do what he did last week. But Arizona hasn't been great against the quarterbacks. They actually play a lot of man-to-man defense, too which is very favorable for running quarterbacks. And uh, we've seen it. Uh, that's kind of what happened with Lamar Jackson running all over the Browns. They play a lot of man-to-man. So Hurts certainly in play. And we don't need Hurts to do much in the passing game. You know, if he just goes 200 with a passing touchdown and, you know, gets 50, 60, 70 yards rushing and scores a rushing touchdown, he comes through. So I think he's in play. And uh, Trubisky, uh, who's had at least three passing touchdowns in two of the last three games, at Minnesota, you do worry about him because he could easily let us down. I mean, he kind of did against Detroit when he only had one touchdown. They ran the ball a lot. 
Uh, so yeah, all those guys are, are are pretty solid. Yeah, that's kind of what makes me a little nervous. You know, even Baker Mayfield's in a great spot against the Giants, and Baker has looked fantastic as long as you know they're you know they're they're running the ball early. But we've seen Baker, we've seen Mitch Trubisky, both in smash spots where then they just they shit the bed, and and you're like, you know, how many times have have you been on that end of saying I'll never start this guy again, right? Derek Carr. That game against, <laughs> what was it, Atlanta when they got smoked? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was terrible. Yeah, Baker's tricky because the Giants have been good this year uh, against quarterbacks. And some, and we always say you got to look at who they faced. And they faced some good ones and some bad ones. But they held Kyler Murray to 244 and one touchdown. You could say that was game flow. They held Russell Wilson in Seattle to 263 and one touchdown. And I know Russ was going through a stretch where he didn't play well. But still, for the Giants to go in there and do that was impressive. Uh, they've only allowed one quarterback to throw more than two touchdowns this year, and that was Ben Roethlisberger, who threw three in week one. So they've been pretty good this year, and we know what the Browns want to do. Uh, they have opened it up a little bit more lately, especially against Tennessee, because they had the big lead and they kept throwing. They obviously had to throw against Baltimore. Uh, but I don't know if I can trust Baker completely in this spot against the Giants, because number one, it is a tough matchup. So number two, if they do have the lead and we also have to consider weather. I mean, this is a Sunday night game at, at MetLife, man. And the winds there can be absolutely brutal. Um, we are getting a storm, but the storm's in the middle of the week. The early forecast now for Sunday, 37 in the high in the afternoon and 27 the low at night. So we're probably looking at about a 32 degree game. Uh, the wind is going to be key. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, so I probably will have Baker lower than those other guys. Okay. Let me, you know what? Let me throw it down for you here. Baker Mayfield against the Giants or Kirk Cousins uh, against Chicago. I can't help you in this one because we're competing against each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait for your rankings. To ah, come out. Boy. All right. I'm going to put out the fake ones tonight. So when you check and then I'll, sneakily change them at some point <laughs> sorry man I, you, you gotta you gotta make a decision here adam you gotta say it who do you like more Ooh, ooh. check the rankings oh there you go fantasyalarm.com folks adam ronis's rankings every single week they come out every tuesday night and he updates them daily sometimes yeah. multiple times in a day as well so all the way up into kickoff on sunday so if you want the most up-to-date, right after the inactives come out at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. So, you know, check back around noon uh, to get the most updated ones. So usually not major movement, but, you know, sometimes like Deshaun Watson, I bumped him down this week when I saw what the receiver situation looked like. Right. Yeah. No, good call. Good call. All right. So then I will wait until the very last possible minute. And I'll uh, and I'll check the rankings on that. All right, so uh, let's talk some running backs here. Not a whole lot of sitting on the wire. There are two situations that both just, I mean, it looks awful. I, I can't make heads or tails out of either one. Uh, <laughs> would you rather go fishing in the pond that is the Miami Dolphins backfield or the Cincinnati Bengals backfield? Oh, we cannot go near the Cincinnati backfield, man. There's just no way. I don't see how you can play anyone. They're going against Pittsburgh. Samaje P. No, no way. 
You can't play any of these guys. Travion Williams, Gio Bedard, no. Complete stay away. I know Pittsburgh has looked bad, but this is the perfect get-right game for Pittsburgh. Uh, and it's going to be a Monday night football game. That game's in Cincinnati? No, not that game it matters. in Cincinnati. It doesn't matter. I, look, I'm always a big proponent of divisional games and crazy things happen. And I was, I was on Cincinnati the first time they played Pittsburgh. Uh, clearly a mistake. That was the game Burrow got hurt. They got smoked. Pittsburgh's going to rebound in a big way. They've had, you know, we talked about their schedule playing on Wednesdays and Tuesdays and everything. This is a get-right game for them with the way they play. Tomlin's going to be all over them. No way do I play any Cincinnati running back. No chance. I would easily take DeAndre Washington or Lynn Bowden over them. Easy. Now, are those the two that you're that that you eyeballing out of that backfield? No thoughts on Breida or uh, what if Salvan Ahmed practices all week? Yeah, that's the dicey thing now. I did pick up DeAndre Washington last week in a league where I had a buy. I think I'm up. I got to look at my roster. Uh, I, look, he had 15 touches. You can run on New England. So if everyone else remains out, he's probably in a good spot. Miami is the one that we really have to figure out this week because he, Bowden can play the slot a lot. And he involved in the past game. Remember, Devontae Parker is hurt. Jakeem Grant is hurt. Gusecki got hurt. So the injury report for Miami is going to be big this week. You're not going to know all these things before waivers runs. But, yeah, I would if Washington and Bowden are out there, I'd pick both of them up. Doesn't mean you start them. But maybe you keep them away from an opponent who has a hole. Uh, and maybe they do become, you know, flex plays. Uh, my guess is, you know, I had DeAndre Washington ranked about 29th last week, somewhere in that range. He'll probably be in a similar range this week. Based okay. on the news now. Right. Yeah. The yeah. other guy and is Jeff Wilson. Uh, if Raheem oh. Mostert is out, because M- Mostert, I think, is getting another MRI. And he said it last week that, the high ankle sprain was going to bother him the rest of the year. It was going to be a problem. So they're going up against Dallas, man. And I know the Bengals didn't come through last week, but the 49ers are a way more competent offense and well-coached team than the than the uh, Bengals. So uh, Dallas has just been absolutely destroyed on the ground this year. We've seen instances where the defenders have no idea what's happening. Uh, so, yeah, last week, Bengals didn't do much, but we saw the Ravens run all over them. Washington did. So, uh, Jeff Wilson, if most are out, and I know it's Shanahan and looks like McKinnon's not really playing anymore. He said that the wear and tear playing early in the year, I think he was only playing special teams and Tevin Coleman looks like he's 45. So <laughs> Wilson would be the guy that I look to there. All right. Well, can we, uh, can we all just take a moment and say a prayer for Raheem Mostert? Uh, that the MRI does not reveal anything. There's no structural damage. That he'll uh, he just needs to rest and he'll be back on the field on Sunday. Can we can we say a little prayer for that, please? I'm assuming you need him in a league or two. I got him in GST, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that would be tough. It's been a tough year if you have Mostert, man. It really has because he looks so good early in the year, and then he gets hurt. Comes back, gets hurt again, and now this. It's just been really, really rough. Yeah, really bad. Thanks. I didn't know. Well, for those that don't have most of it, we're wondering what the roller coaster <laughs> ride was. I wanted to paint a nice picture for them. <laughs> <laughs> you see that bloody mess at the bottom of the hill in the roller coaster? That's Bender. <laughs> That's Mostert's sock. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon. Um, 
All right, a couple of running backs who might be worth their salt, actually. Jamalfa Williams, uh, Green Bay's taking on Carolina. Uh, and then I'll tell you what, man, did we did we not learn that when you're uh when you're when you're inside the red zone, inside the green zone, that Baltimore likes giving the ball to Gus Edwards? Yeah, I actually was kind of looking at rankings earlier today. I'm like, oh, where did I have Edwards last year? Like 33. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, uh, not that I doubt many people started him. You know, probably desperate. He still only had, I think it was seven carries. So kind of risky. But hey, this is a game against Jacksonville. You expect them to be up big. Now, is there an emotional letdown after that victory on Monday night? I mean, that was a huge game. Emotional back and forth, all the swings. We went over it on the podcast yesterday. Uh, I doubt it, but it's possible. You know, Gardner Minshew is back for Jacksonville. You know, he certainly, I think, is better than the other quarterbacks they've thrown out there. So maybe this game is closer than we think. But yeah, I think when you get into a range of running backs, like, you know, right around 30, you're like, okay, well, Gus Edwards is in an offense that runs the football. He has scored some touchdowns recently. So, yeah, you you could take a shot on them. Again, it's kind of a desperation play, but there are some playoff teams that are desperate. I know it sounds crazy. Everyone's, oh, you're in the semifinals. You should have this great roster. Some people are piecing it together. And Gus Edwards is an RB3. And what you're looking for in RB3, good offense, good offensive line. They run the football. Can this guy score a touchdown or two? And Gus Edwards can. Yeah, he definitely can. So, um you know, and I kind of feel the same way with Jamal Williams. I feel like the Green Bay can go up big on Carolina. Um, and I feel like they could end up, uh, you know, kind of just holding back Aaron Jones a little bit, knowing that they're going to utilize him for the they playoffs. Have a year. Freaking ridiculous, man. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they involve Williams even when the games are tight. I mean, he had 10 carries, 38 yards this past week against Detroit. Five carries against Philly, 17 against the Bears. So it's possible. It's risky, though, because we know the floor is very, very low. Uh, but if you do envision a blowout and maybe he could get 15 carries and score a touchdown late, it's risky, though. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, I will definitely keep that in mind. Uh, Jamalfa Williams or Gus Edwards, if you had to pick one? Edwards. Edwards. I like it. I like it. All right, let's. The uh, other other situation to keep an eye on is Tampa Bay, with Ronald Jones uh, having the surgery with a pin in the finger, and we similar surgery that Chris Godwin had, and Godwin missed the game. So, I'll tell you this though: I wouldn't feel confident in starting any of the Tampa Bay running backs if Jones is out. We saw Fournette inactive last week, so my guess it's him, McCoy, and Keyshawn Vaughn. And Atlanta has been one of the best teams against the run over the last several weeks. I know that sounds crazy, but they've been really good. I actually would not start any of the Tampa Bay running backs. All right. There you go, guys. Don't start Tampa. Yeah, I'm I mean, with really, you, man. Like, say you have Fournette. Do you feel confident starting him against no. Atlanta after he was inactive last week? No, I, right? I definitely don't. Unless, of course, you know, Bruce Arians was just saving him because he knew that, that <laughs> you know, that Jones was going to get the surgery. So he figured, let me, let me rest up uh, Lenny here. Man, how the mighty have fallen, right? That dude has just turned into a piece of shit, hasn't he? It's crazy. And it happens with running backs all the time. It's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, that dude, that dude really just fell off a, a, a cliff. Boom. 
depressing, really depressing. All right. Well, so, so there's some running backs who are sitting there. Let's talk some wide receivers. Um, uh, uh, well, you know what the, the duo here, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I wrote, I wrote my article in the, uh, in the New York post, uh, on, you know, for all the people who have been suffering through the, uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool lean times here right now, that there's a new duo in town and, uh, and ready to, uh, to make their mark in the form of Kiki Kute and, uh, and Chad Hansen. Now, both these guys put up, you know, 100-plus yards on the Colts a couple weeks ago. So they've got the Colts again, and you know Locke's going to be throwing. Or how about this one here? Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, going up against Buffalo. You know Drew Locke is going to want to throw. Hamler got into the end zone twice, and Patrick once last week. So which do like if you if you had to pick a duo there Patrick and Hamler versus uh Kiki Kute and Chad Hansen well it sounds like Brandon Cooks could be back this week so i think that's going to hurt probably Hansen a little bit i think QT's fine so if cooks does play then i'll go with the Denver duo but it's because i have i would have Patrick the highest among that group like the guy seems to get no respect i don't know why he could be on the waiver wire in some league still which is ridiculous Said it before, you know, Drew Locke looks for him when he's in trouble. Doesn't really look at Jerry Judy at all, even though Judy is getting open consistently. And, you know, he deleted a tweet last week about that. Uh, so Patrick's the guy that's getting the attention from Drew from Drew Locke. And, yeah, against this, this could be a letdown spot for Buffalo. I want to look into it more, but, you know, it looks easy. Buffalo's been playing great, uh, but coming off a, a big win against Pittsburgh, Saturday game, uh, People are going to overlook Denver. So just something I'm going to kind of look into a little bit more. But, yeah, Patrick, three touchdowns over the last two games and just produces. Uh, I know we had the bad game against the Saints when they only scored three points. But outside of that, uh, he's been consistently producing. So he would be the guy. Hamler is a big play threat. He scored twice, but he only had three targets. So right. you have to take that into account. The floor is extremely low. Uh, could he break for a big play? Definitely. But he could also do absolutely nothing. Uh, but it is a good matchup this week. So would you rank it Patrick, Kute, um, Hamler, and then Hanson? No, I'd probably go Patrick, QT, Hanson, Hamler. Because the Texans are still going to be primarily a passing team at this point. They just can't run the football on the road at India. Expect them to play from behind. So... Uh, Hanson might still be able to produce something. And I guess Cooks is still, we got to make sure he plays. They, they expect that, but let's see him go through practice. And, you know, if he is still not 100%, he could always leave that game. And are you leaning buff, uh, Broncos with the six and a half points? Uh, I haven't really looked into it yet. My initial lean was like, this might be closer than people think because that looks like an easy pick for Buffalo, right? I mean, Buffalo is playing yeah. some of the best football in the NFL right now. Uh, everyone saw them Sunday night against the Steelers. They were impressive. I thought the week before against San Francisco on the Monday night game, the play calling was phenomenal. There's a chance that John Brown comes back. I don't know if he will. The window started. Um, so I haven't really looked at it yet. But, yeah, I right now I kind of lean Denver six and a half. But that's not a final pick yet. You have an initial thought on that either way? 
Uh, no, I, I, I was actually, I, I hadn't looked at all, but you know, you were talking about this possibly being uh, a, a letdown game. And then, you know, I mean, I sit there and I, and I go through it. I mean, I, how many times have I seen it? Denver just always seems to play well in Denver. And it's, you know, I mean, I, unless it's the Raiders, unless they're facing the Raiders, cause that, 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 you know, taking Denver over, uh, over Oakland for years in a survivor pool was just, just kept fucking me over and over and over again. And I just never learned my lesson there. But now you look at it, you know, here in this matchup, six and a half, if this is a letdown game for Buffalo, if everybody's just going to be smashing this, uh, you know, and, and putting the money on Buffalo. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I might wait and see what it looks like and see if this spread gets bigger. Yeah, I think it, I think it might. So that's why I think you probably do want to wait because you, you wanted this to get above seven. You know, if you yeah. can get seven and a half, then you feel better. Um, look, the, the Bills are just playing great. I mean, all the numbers, I think, are going to point to Buffalo. I mean, A.J. Bouye suspended. Um, yeah, it's it definitely looks like a mismatch with the way Buffalo is playing. But uh, you're right. In Denver, it's tough to play. It just is the high altitude and everything. Uh, so... Yeah, I'll look into it more, but my initial lean is Denver with the points. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, all right, back to the wide receivers that we might be looking at the waiver wire. Um, Henry Ruggs has the COVID. Does that open things up more for Nelson Aguilar? Or what about um, Russell Gage with no Julio or even Rashard Higgins, who you know, in last night's game ended up uh, with like 15, 16 fantasy points uh, from his performance. I would add Higgins if he's out there. My concern is the matchup this week. He's probably going to see a lot of James Bradbury and he's just been really good this year. So that's my concern. But then Higgins gets the Jets in week 16 because uh, in this I have Higgins in my home league team and, you know, I lost Will Fuller. Gibson's out. So I picked up Higgins a couple weeks ago and initially, after watching him play last night, I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to get him in. And I'm like, oh, man, Bradbury. So that's the one concern there. Yeah, Gage is fine if Julio's out. Maybe he throws another touchdown pass as well. And, yeah, <laughs> Nelson, Nelson Aguilar is a good matchup against the Chargers. So Ruggs being out at least maybe could put another target or two in his direction. And uh, we know how the uh, Chargers are just you know, a team you want to exploit. So Aguilar just – seems like he's never gotten the respect this year. I don't know if people re realize how good his numbers are, man. I mean, he's got seven touchdowns this year. He had five for 100 and a touchdown last week. He had uh, five for 54 against Atlanta, Kansas City, six for 88 and a touch. The game that he didn't come through, of course, was the game that he was targeted the most this year against the Jets two weeks ago. He had four for 38, <laughs> but he was open before the Rucks touchdown in the end zone and Carr missed him. So if he hits him for that touchdown, we're looking at a – a really impressive streak. So, yeah, there's definitely risk because we've seen Carr struggle at times. And let's see. So he faced the Chargers on November 8th and had two receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown on three targets. But he's got 20 targets the last two weeks. I have to imagine he gets another 7-8 in this game on Thursday night. Yeah, I would think so. I would definitely think so. So, I mean, yeah, listen, Aguilar, um, I've actually got Aguilar stashed on the bench in a couple of teams. So. Um, you know, I've I've been I've definitely been a, a fan of his. Uh, I mean, just since since earlier this season, when you identify uh, that he's got something going on with Derek Carr. I mean, it wasn't like I was like, yeah, Aguilar, slot receiver in Philly. I was all in on him. 
Give me some Jordan Matthews too. Some Alshon Jeffrey. Um, but all right. What about uh, any other wide receivers that you're kind of eyeballing here? Um, I, I mean, are there any names that kind of like stand out? You got Minshew who's coming back uh, for Jacksonville. Does that maybe put Keelan Cole uh, a little bit more on the map here? Or um, I don't know. How about um, just to throw a dart? I don't know, like somebody like Cam Sims for Washington since they're going up against Seattle. Maybe that's a name. Any names that you're eyeballing that you're thinking this could, you know, just a good, good sensible guy just in case to have on your bench? Uh, not Sims. Seattle actually has been better against the past the last few weeks, and we don't know if Alex Smith's going to be a quarterback. So no there. Uh, and Keelan Cole, you can roster him. I, I really don't want to start him. I know Baltimore is kind of banged up on the defensive side. We didn't see a pass rush from them. A couple guys got hurt in the secondary, but – I still don't want to rely on him against the Ravens. So, yeah, no one, no one else. I think we kind of mentioned the potential ads out there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anything at the uh, at the tight end position worth streaming? Can we? Are we supposed to believe in in Dan Arnold? Supposed to believe, no, it was very, it was an impressive catch at back of the end zone, but it looked like Murray was kind of just like, oh, I'm under pressure. Let me just throw it up and hopefully he gets it. And he did. So, yeah, I can't with Arnold. No. But I would look at Irv Smith if Kyle Rudolph is out again. You know, Irv was starting to come on weeks ago and it looked like he had surpassed Rudolph. I picked him up in many leagues. And then, of course, he got hurt and we saw Rudolph produce. So if Rudolph's out again, uh, yeah, Irv Smith, because he will get some red zone targets. And we're we're basically looking at a touchdown. And uh, Cole Komet, I know Jimmy Graham had the touchdown this past week, but Cole Komet's played at least 70% of the snaps over the last month or so uh, going up against Minnesota. So I think you can consider him if you're really desperate at tight end. All right. All right. Before we start streaming some defense, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, the DFS site y'all need to be playing on, and here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P. You will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we... Uh, Pay the bills. All 
right, Adam, let's talk thoughts on streaming defenses. Um, always tricky. I always, you know, I, I, I sit there and, and, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I look and see who the, uh, like who the cheapies are on, uh, on like draft Kings. And I, and I start to try and, and eyeball those teams uh, a little bit there because, you know, you're trying to find like some oddball team that you can actually like stream their defense. Um, I mean, could you look at maybe like Minnesota's D against Chicago? If Trubisky puts up a bad game, um, I mean, I can't imagine that the Colts defense would be available to anybody. I love them. I don't know. Any defensive thoughts? I think the Bills defense could be available. Uh, They haven't been good this year. And they're going against Denver. And we know Drew Locke is prone to mistakes and turnovers. So them, I think the Browns are probably rostered by now. I know I saw their schedule for the playoffs. And I picked them up as my second defense in the GST. So I have them in Chicago. I played Chicago last week, and that worked out. They had a big game. Uh, But Cleveland against the Giants, if Daniel Jones is going to be out there, I mean, that guy makes mistakes every single week, takes sacks, fumbles. I don't know if they're out there. Tennessee's probably out there, and they're Detroit at home. It could be Chase Daniel. So Tennessee could be out there. 49ers against the Cowboys, you know, they're they're prone to mistakes. Uh, Seattle, if they haven't been picked up, they've been playing better lately especially if Dwayne Haskins is a quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, you're looking for turnovers, touchdowns. We did see some big defensive performances this past week, too. You know, that, that, that was crazy. There were some big weeks. The Rams, Arizona, Washington with two touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah you know, you mentioned Minnesota. They'd be lower. I mean, I'd take Tennessee over them, Buffalo, Cleveland. Uh, oh, Green Bay against Carolina, right? I know their defense isn't that good, but. They should be playing from ahead and be able to tee off. So they're not that bad either. How about would you do New England against Miami and, and Belichick against a rookie quarterback with 10 days to prepare? In a heartbeat. Okay. Yeah. I think <laughs> I mean, so. look what he did to Justin Herbert. Yeah. And and remember, he's had, you know, they were embarrassed Thursday night against the Rams. He's had extra time to prepare for this. And and Miami could be, I mean, there could be no Parker, no Grant, Gasecki. Again, we don't know it's early in the week, but even with those guys, we've seen what Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. He just confuses them. I mean, he did it to Kyler Murray. He was in his second year. So extra time to prepare to uh, New England probably was dropped or wasn't. They've been up and down, but we've seen some performances from them this year. I mean, like you said, Herbert, they had a huge week that week. Yeah, he really, I mean, that was, yeah. But they have like three defensive touchdowns in that game against Herbert. Well, it was a blocked field goal, pick uh-huh. six, right? Yeah. Did they have three for real? I think yeah, they had three. No, because they only you know they only had one the following week, and that was you know that was a huge disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was forty five nothing, and you yeah, I guess maybe let me see. I, they definitely had at least twenty points. Uh, I had New England's defense early in the year, but obviously when I was streaming, dumped them. Uh, let me see. I'm looking at that box score now. So on offense, Cam had one, oh, two rushing, one throwing. Did someone else throw a touchdown? Oh yeah, Stidham came in late and threw a touchdown too. Uh, so I gotta go to the play-by-play scoring plays. All right, here we go. Punt return, blocked field goal return. So it was two. Oh okay. 
I thought it was three. I was gonna say three is a ton, bro. <laughs> that that wins you. I mean, two two from a defense should win you a week, man. And that's the. It's great when you have them. It's the absolute worst shit in the world when you look and like, oh, their defense got twenty five. How much did my defense get? Oh, three. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's shut so, laptop. It's definitely like on. one of my worst, like the the things I hate most when I when I look at some scores like that. That's yeah. When somebody's defense, because you know what I mean, it's it's kind of funny, and I'll hang him out to dry a little bit. Matt Deutsch, program director over at Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, always does those this weird shit to defenses for the scoring. Uh, and and I ended up there was there was one there was a game last year where I just I totally destroyed Bob Harris, destroyed him. In a matchup. And I looked and I was like, oh, well, there you go. The Rams defense got me fucking 50 points. 50. Oh, my. That's ridiculous. No, I don't. I wasn't in that league, obviously. Man, you can't have scoring where a defense gets 50 unless they score five touchdowns. And that never happens. You can't have 50. That's absurd. It was nuts. It was nuts. Like, I felt dirty winning like that. Like you, Although, I mean, I would have I, I would have won if they only had gotten like 10. Like the best fantasy game from a skill player, they never get 50. So how are you no. going to give a defense? <laughs> Believe me, dude, I have no idea how the scoring was. I mean, there were a lot of turnovers there. The Rams defense really was very opportunistic. I think they definitely had two touchdowns. I think it was also about how many points they gave up. I think they ended up like only giving up three points that game too. So, you Orange know, it was maybe a factor too. What's that? Yardage allowed maybe a factor. It, it could have been. I, I mean, I, I, you know, once he said that he was tweaking the defensive scoring, I was like, I better find myself the best fucking defense out there uh, and just hold them for the rest of the year and just win or lose, ride or die with this defense and, and hope for the best. And it happened to be the Rams. I mean, like I'm scanning now some big games from this year. I see Mahomes with a 48. This is in a league with six passing touchdowns. That was the game against the Ravens. He had four passing, one rushing, 385 passing yards to 26 rushing yards. He had 48. Dalvin Cook had a 48.6 this year when he had the uh, three rushing and receiving touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is like the top performance for skilled players, and it's 48. And the defense getting 50, so dumb. Incredibly dumb. Incredibly dumb, but nevertheless, uh, I benefited from it, and that's yeah. You'll take it and move on, and you're like, "This better not happen to me in a few weeks, because then I'm going to be upset." <laughs> oh, I'm sure it happened to me like two or three times during the year, because I think it, it pretty much just happened to everybody. Like everybody at some point ran into a defense that was just stupid good. Unreal. It sucks. It really does. Look, we've all been on both sides. I think I had 23 from the Bears this week, so it helped me, but. Yeah, it just sucks. You don't want to see like a championship decided on a huge defensive performance like that. It's just it just feels dirty. Yeah, I agree. I concur. Um, all right. Well, any other uh, any other last minute thoughts for anybody on the waiver wire or just about what they're what they should be looking for this week uh, heading into week 15 playoffs? Yeah, I think there's a lot of injury news that we're waiting on. You know, don't play these uh, name players who suck. Don't ask me about Todd Gurley because I'm not I'm not going to tell you to start him. Like, right. I think I had him like 37th at running back last week. He's going to be even lower. He might not even be in the rankings this week. Don't play him, man. 
Just don't. He's not playing enough snaps. He doesn't look good. It's over. I mean, if you made it this far with him. And I, I don't do this a lot, but you can. You know, you could you could block your opponents. You know, if your opponent is streaming quarterbacks and you want to take a couple quarterbacks away, you can do that. It's within the rules. It's something I typically don't do, but, you know, any edge that you can get to help, especially now, we're whittling down the opponents, right? The goal is move on to the championship. So you don't want to drop players that, you know, backup running backs that are good, but maybe you have some wide receivers you're not going to start. Um, and you see your opponent is streaming quarterbacks, and there's a couple good ones in the waiver, pick them up and take them away. Sound advice. Be a son of a bitch on the waiver wire. If you can block at this point right now, you might as well block. No doubt. No doubt. All right, you sneaky bastard. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Any other last-minute bits of advice? Yeah, here's how you fuck everybody over. This is how you (laughs) stab them in the back. Right? Just just ruin their day. (laughs) I love it. I love it. But that's going to do it for us here tonight on the Annie Up podcast. As always, big thank you to uh, Sawdust and Fantasy Alarm. Big thanks to Adam Ronis. I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.